Happy New Year, and thanks for tuning in to No Cap, the internet's freshest podcast. I'm Jason Priestess. He is the legendary Tyvis Powell. How's it going, my man? You know what is going well? We made it to see another year, man. We did. Thank goodness. Hey, I, it was a rough one. <laughs> it was a rough one we got through. But you know what? We are so much stronger and tougher for making it through that year. Not only did we make it through the year, man, we thrived a little bit, especially with this show. You know, this show has definitely been like one of the things during the week that I look forward to, to, you know, keep me upbeat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm very grateful for this show. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find No Cap on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. And, yeah, the growth's been fantastic, man. We're having a lot of fun with this. Uh, Working in a Citadel joke about once a week. I mean, what what, what other podcast gives you a Citadel joke? You know what? Citadel listens to this podcast, man. (laughs) Listen, they had the dude reach out to me for the ESPN radio, and I did the Citadel show, man. You want the Citadel show? Listen, I don't know. He he got to be something from Citadel. I got to. I don't know exactly. But it was South Carolina, and he got Citadel's uh, like spokesperson in his his Twitter bio. So I'm thinking, like, there's got to be something with Citadel. So Citadel, I'm trying to listen. I'm listen. I'm I'm gonna see to it that y'all get a rematch with Clemson because this it just wasn't right how they did y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like I know y'all was prepared for the game. Just stuff happens sometimes. And that's so you've been talking about Citadel all year long, talking about that rematch, and they got you on one of their radio shows. Like that's that's like the king going home, man. <laughs> Listen, I might need to go ahead and apply for a job over this. I need to be a hype man or something. No, I'm I'm calling it now, man. 2025 Citadel head coach Tyvis Powell, man. I can see it. I got only way I'll do it. Is if somehow, some way, I can weasel Coach Mick to come with me? I don't think he would do it, but I would try. <laughs> I, I don't know if Citadel pays what Ohio State pays, man. They need to. <laughs> yeah, here's to uh, a much better 2021. We're happy to be here in this new year, and we'll, we're you know never going to speak of 2020 again if we can. Uh, got the rematch, man. The rematch we've all wanted coming later today with Ohio State Clemson 8 p.m. In the Sugar Bowl, cannot wait for that. Yeah, it's gonna definitely be a good one. It's something that you know we've been honestly we've been thinking about it, talking about it, and we all kind of knew it would happen again when we would get to see them again. So I can't wait to tonight to see what they do, man. This just having that in your heart for a whole year, you finally get to do something about it. Like all the chatter's done, all the preparing should be is gonna be done at seven fifty nine fifty nine tonight. So. It's just all about showing up and balling, man, and leaving it all out on the field. Yeah, no problem at all with motivation on the Ohio State side. You said it, man. These guys, for a complete year now, they've been probably thinking about the sting of that loss and getting some revenge on on that long-haired quarterback. Yeah, they definitely going to do that. I mean, I'm sure they got a they got a great plan for him. They have to. I mean, like, you got to pay him. You got to give him his respect. You know, he is definitely a great quarterback. He's definitely – uh, deservant of going first pick in the draft next year if he decides to leave. You know, it's not guaranteed that he's going to leave. <laughs> All right. He got a wedding coming on. He got a lot going on, you know, so he got he got time to think about it. You know, he might, if he, you know, the Buckeyes go out here and we handle business, he might not want to go out with a loss, you know, so he might want to come back for another year. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, man. He's got some art classes he wants to finish up. I'm yeah. joking. I'm joking, but he has a brother on Instagram, and his brother is a painter, like an art, a sculptor, a painter, like an artist. Has his like own professional. Art. 
Yeah, I don't know how big time he is, but that's what he does for a living. And uh, no kid. just a normal looking dude, like his brother, like that dude definitely can't play college football. <laughs> Trevor got, <laughs> got all the size in the family, but it's, it's at the same time, it's cool to see that he's got like such a normal brother, you know, and I'm sure he loves what, you know, loves a lot. And maybe the brother's not the biggest sports fan in the world, but uh, you know, on Saturdays, he tunes in to watch, uh, watch Trevor play. Well, you know, that's that's called not living through your brother. You know, you got a life of his own. He at least, you know, he got his own thing that he's passionate about. He probably, you know, what he's probably gonna do? He's probably gonna do the Ike sculpture at the, at his brother's wedding. Ooh, all right, that'd be pretty tight. He's probably working on something big. Much, much more on that big matchup later in the show. Uh, Dwayne Haskins earlier in the week cut by the Washington Football Team. Something you rarely see a guy, you know, taken in the first round two years ago. Just straight up cut. Yeah, it was that's it's tough. You know, like what people don't understand is that this the NFL business is so cutthroat. Like, you know, it, he got the at least he had the the opportunity to be a first round pick. You know, you come in as the guy, you know, he he started off, he did really well at the beginning of the season, and then he just kind of had a it went downhill from a little bit and he had a chance to you know, get that spark back, but obviously it's just, it's something there that we don't know. You know, it's like a, right. it's like a toxic relationship between him and the Redskins. I don't know if it's cause he's too close to home. Some people say it's a maturity thing, which I mean, I could see that a little bit with the whole incident of him being in the club and whatnot, you know? So I think maybe him getting, you know, released by Washington might be a blessing in disguise. You know, it gives him a chance to go somewhere else, get a fresh start. The good news is that, you know, there's reports out there that there's four teams that's interested. I think it was like the Panthers, the 49ers, and I can't think of the other two teams, but it was, you know, he got interest. So, you know, he'll, he'll definitely get another shot. I mean, he's a first round pick, you know, it's kind of right. right now coming into OTA, somebody will probably sign him after the season over with that will come in through OTAs. Cause right now he's kind of a low risk, high reward type thing. Like if he comes in and he succeeds, you know, we only got to pay him like hit the, rookie minimum you know you got to pay him his, not to his signing bonus because I think Washington's responsible for that so he's just getting paid like an undrafted free agent we get drafted a little the minimum and if he balls you know he's cheap and if mm-hmm. he doesn't if he doesn't do well you know we could just release him and then you know it, it, we don't have to pay him no money type thing because it's OTA so everybody's getting like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week anyway so it's not a lot of money yeah, it's you said it, man. Uh, low risk, high reward. The way they're going, another team's going to bring him. He's going to get another shot. Uh, of course, he was cut by the uh, Washington football team because photos emerged of you know this is one of the things that led to. I think Ron Rivera, the head coach there, was not a big fan of Haskins at all. And then photos emerged uh, two weeks ago where he was with some strippers and his girlfriend, and you know, no mask, and you know. Maturity, I think, is something that a lot of people out of out of the Washington area are talking about in terms of Haskins, and it's tough, man. That's his that's his hometown, and he's probably got you know a lot of friends from when he was younger that that uh, you know it's easy to, easy to kind of have too much fun, I guess I would say. Yeah, and another thing, you know, I wish he could have you know like before the season even started, like once Ron Rivera got there, I wish he could have seen what I seen. Like I could, I seen the writing on the wall. I think I even talked about it in one of our earlier podcasts. You know, the writing was kind of on the wall. When they went out and traded for, what's that, what's the dude from Carolina, Ron, Kyle, is it Kyle Allen? Was that the guy? I can't think of the quarterback, but so. he was, 
it was a quarterback that was at Carolina with uh, Ron Rivera last year. And Ron Rivera gets the job at Washington, and they go and trade for him, or he brings him to Washington. Well, like I say, that that's his guy. Like, that's one of Ron Rivera's guys. So it's like, you know, as Dwayne should have saw it, he would be like, man, I need to do everything right, you know, because one, one mistake – like he's gonna put his guy in there because he trusts him. He's mm-hmm. he played with the, he run. I mean Kyle Allen. I think that's his name. He played yep. with Ron at Carolina, so Ron knows him. They got a good relationship. Obviously, Ron Rivera has trusted him because he went out and brought him with him. So you know, it's just like you know, you just got to see those things. You got to see things for what it is. It's like Dwayne had a short leash, anyways, and I just really wish he could have saw that and took things way more serious, which it seemed like he did. Like preseason well they didn't have a preseason but like camp and coming into the season you know like it was reports about how how devoted he was we seen the workout videos how he was throwing all the ways and then it just kind of like died down once the season started so I don't know what happened like I don't know if he lost the fire or the passion but you know I just hope he finds it again in this new when he gets with his next team yeah same here hope hoping for the best in his next job it is ruthless, such a ruthless business. Like if my son says, dad, do you want me to be in the NFL or be a dentist? I'm going to say, you're going to dental school. Let's, let's just do it the <laughs> listen, right way. Dental, dental school works like, listen, if you, if you a dentist, this is the thing I'll be trying to tell people. This is the thing about having a, a normal, well, not a normal job, but you know, a, a modern job. You at least know for a fact you go be able to come back to work on Tuesday. In the NFL, uh-huh. it's not like that. If you go nope. to work on Monday, you you can get cut on Tuesday <laughs> for sure. And it's it's just it's just like that, man. Like you can go from making all this money to not have to making zero dollars. And at least with the mom, you know, they gotta pay you the rest of your salary if they fire you type thing. I think I ain't never really had a minor job, so I really I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh man. Yeah, you're right. It was Kyle Allen, a guy that uh, signed with Carolina and, and Rivera when he was there as an undrafted free agent. So, you know, those are guys too, that coaches love. If you, if you come in as an undrafted free agent and make the team, I mean, coaches love hard workers like that, right? That and the fact that you are, you're cheap. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot that. of people, you stick around in this league. If you're a good player and you cheat, Man, you will make it a long time. <laughs> it's just when they got to pay you those millions of dollars, that's when it's like, ah, let's really evaluate this guy. But if you're just a young player, you know, every every year the league wants to stay young and stay as cheap as possible. So that's why you see, like, so a lot of success stories with undrafted players that be making teams or stuff like that because it's, they're cheap. And if they can get the job done, it's, it's good – or even better sometimes than a guy that's getting paid millions of dollars, we're going to keep the young guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. It's common simple, sense. Simple economics at that point. Uh, hope for the best for Dwayne. He will, like you said, he will get another shot and um, he's got to come through. I mean, you don't, you don't get a lot of shots. I mean, he's going to get another one. I, you know, you don't tend to get three, four, five of these, right? No, you, no, no, no. Yeah. You, you want to make sure you get, take that next one very seriously because there is, it's never guaranteed that you get another one after that. So like I said, I hope he just learned. I'm sure he's going to learn from this. Like it, it would be unbelievable if he didn't learn his lesson from this. I'm sure, like, I, I feel like he should come out next year whenever he gets his opportunity. OTAs, we should be hearing about how good and how dedicated he is. Yeah, absolutely. He said all the right things on social media after he was cut. So, um, you know, life lesson and uh, and 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 all the best for another shot for the guy. We are in the midst of uh, full blown bowl season right now. Been <laughs> some good games, some not good games, but uh, we had a, a 
straight up brawl yesterday. <laughs> the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Mississippi State won that game 28 to 26 over number 24 Tulsa. Uh, post game, man, that was among the larger brawls you will ever see in. Yeah, football. it was. It, you know what? You know this is how I, usually when somebody say, "Yeah, they had a brawl." You know, nowadays I'd be like, okay, so a couple guys got into each other's face and it was some pushing and shoving, but that's about it. You know, just a push match. No, they was out there. <laughs> they was out there throwing punches, slamming each other. Kicks. I was, kicks. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a no holes bar. They all, they serious about this. They was out there trying to hurt each other. Seriously. I don't know what was said. I don't know what was going on. Like this type of stuff happens when you owe somebody some money. That's when, <laughs> that's when you see stuff like this happen. I don't know what, what, what that boy must have said something about his family or something. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It got real, real fast. It was insane. It was like what I was watching it, and you're like, okay, this will be over soon. They're gonna break it up, and it just kept going. It kept oh, it going. just kept growing. Yeah, it was growing. I was like, man, yeah, it was. Yeah, somebody in trouble, boy. <laughs> somebody is in trouble. It was like you you were just a wee boy back then, but the malice in the palace when the Pistons and the Pacers fought. Remember? Oh, that? you talking about Ron Artest and Jermaine yeah. O'Neal? Yeah. Oh, man, I just watched that fight like a week ago on Twitter. This man Jermaine O'Neal came in sliding and punched the fan. Boom. <laughs> I was like, wow. It kind of had those vibes, man. It really did. No, it, yeah, it definitely did, man. It's wow. This is like that's a brawl right there. Like that's one of the ones that's gonna go down. And he's like, hey, you just pull that brawl up from back in the day. And that's that's they really throwing them things like they was born the box, fighting fans, all kinds of stuff. It, I, it, I don't want to get too <laughs> too far off track, but I heard Stephen Jackson talk last year, and he was on the one of the, the Pacers team with our test at the time. And he told a story about <laughs> how they're in the locker room after that game, after that big brawl at the palace. And uh, he goes in the locker room and Ron Artest comes up to me and says, Hey, Artest goes, you think we're going to get in trouble? <laughs> He's like, <"What?"> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's some big yeah. trouble. I just say, yeah, you guys, you probably going to be paying a couple of dollars, my brother. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I think someone paid 1.7, nearly two million a piece for that for that incident alone. But these guys in this fight too, they some of these guys better hope they're going on to the league or their careers in college is over because uh, the SEC and uh, you know the conferences are going to be watching this film. There's going to be some. Oh, they was, they was risk- out. Yeah, they was risking it all. This is this was about it on equivalent to this is off track too. When the, the dude from the Bears this year. Punch that that corner for the Saints. <laughs> he risked it all. He, I don't know what was said or what was done, but that man literally walked up to that dude and punched him two times in the face. And I'm like, man, this, y'all, woo, you can't be talking. To, listen, y'all can't be out here talking about people's families like that. Like that, it's serious. You cannot <laughs> do that. Were you uh, involved in many brawls in high school, or in, I know you probably had the one in college in Ann Arbor, but in, <laughs> in the NFL, were you involved in anything like that at all? Or no, you know what? That's the thing. You know, it was I was always that guy that I, I prayed. Oh, I prayed somebody tried me. Like, like when the trash talking happened, it was it always seemed like it wasn't to me. It was always somebody else. And I was praying that somebody, because I'm the one, I might take it too far. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, <laughs> if you want to go there, we could go there for you. You got sure. some dog in you? Oh, man, listen to me. Listen, <laughs> you, 
you play with something safe. Don't play with me, okay? Because <laughs> it, it ain't no telling what I might do. I'm like a I'm like a time bomb when I go off. It's over with. Like so, it's it's oh, it's really good. I keep my myself happy and all my anger harnessed because I feel like if I let it go, like it, it's it's just gonna be uncontrolled. So to answer your question, no, I haven't. But the craziest thing that I did see, it wasn't a brawl, but it was about to be when I was in the NFL. Actually, this man Sherm. Was was mad at our at the safety because they went over. All right, so look, this is size. This is side note, <laughs> side story. This ain't got nothing. It. Ain't got nothing to do with nothing. So in practice, okay, Sherm and the safety Kelsey McCray was his name. They was they went over. We was playing the Falcons, <laughs> and they went over the way that they was gonna play this certain formation. Okay, so they get in the game and. They play it a certain way. I can't remember if they played it the way they practiced it or if they played it a different way. But they played it a certain way the first time it popped up. And it worked out. So Sherm was like, all right. Mm -hmm. Sherm was like, cool. We're going to play it like that. Cool. <laughs> Listen, if next time we come, just keep playing it like that. I'm glad we, we, you know, it came up and we went over it. We see how we're going to play it. Well, it came up again. <laughs> it came up again. And, and Kelsey played it the opposite way in Ultimately, uh, Julio Jones was running down the field wide open, and he scores a touchdown. Oh, you talking about man, man? Really? Yeah, they came to that sideline, man. I tell you, boy, it was hell to pay. And that boy Sharon was so upset, and it took the whole team to calm him down. It was, it, I really thought it was about to go down. It was, but you know what? It's because Sharon was a passionate player, and it's like. At in Seattle, man, they were so they they don't want to give up anything. Like yeah. they were so like big on being that number one defense and secondary. And it was like even even if they blowing a team out and the backup players come in, it's like y'all got to do good because y'all can't give up passing yards because it's gonna then mess up our teams like team defense of passing yard like we're gonna slide down the ranks and we trying to be number one so y'all gotta hold the standard just as good as we did because if y'all don't y'all messing up us as a team so i get it right like, i get it but yeah that day whoo we i seen the devil himself that day <laughs> boy, i was like oh man <laughs> but yeah the only brawl that i that i actually seen physically was the the ann arbor one where Dontre did his thing. Dontre's greatest moment as a Buckeye. Let's be yeah. real. Man. Marcus Hall went out with a bang. <laughs> he got also, a shirt yes. out of it. He Marcus did. Hall got a shirt out yeah. of it. <laughs> he did. I, I could not be in for listen, everybody I could not be in the brawl because if you leave the sideline, I think you get suspended. So and that I was a punt not, return, wasn't it? I think it was a punt. No, return. it was kick return. Kick return. Kick, okay. Yeah, so we was I was just got off the field off of defense because we was they was kicking it off to us. And yeah, I, I I sat there and I was like, it was one of them things where it just started off as a push match, and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know how they do, you know how these kids are, these kids be just pushing and shoving each other. All right, they gonna break it up. Then I seen them them hands start flying. Oh man, I was like, oh, this is serious. But it's like you can't you can't leave the sideline because I I really I think if you leave the sideline, you get suspended. Okay, so it was just one of the ones I just. Go down, Trey. <laughs> Go down, Trey. <laughs> Did Irvin ever address the brawl, or was he just like, we won the game, I'm not bringing that up again? Or how, Yeah, was it was one of those, we won the game, I'm not going to bring it up. They, you know, y'all know y'all wrong. We don't, you know, we're not, we're not that type of team. You know, we're professional. You know, take it out on them on the field, in between the lines, that type thing. You know, he, he wasn't one of those 
like he he like dwelled on it. He spoke about it. You know, he told us that we was wrong or Dontre was wrong and he shouldn't have did that. But at the same time, you know, Dontre felt like he had to defend himself. Right. So you can't really blame him for what he did. Exactly. And what do they, what is, you know, I don't know that Urban could honestly say much because what do they expect when it, the whole philosophy is it's time for war and they're beating up war? <laughs> you know, like they're, they're showing highlights of dudes punching each other and stuff. Yeah, like, what, what like, it was it was to be expected. I mean, yeah. like they had, they had Dante surrounded and he was trying to walk away and they kept bumping him. Like, yeah, like what you think? And then I mean, our team responded the way a team's supposed to respond. You're supposed to you got to be there for your guys. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, tough spot for Urban there promoting the whole war thing and then having to <laughs> have to pull the peace mode on that. But uh, yeah, it was just crazy to see that, and you know, unrelated, the the brawl was insane. But you know, it I felt bad because this is a three and seven Mississippi State team that ended up beating Tulsa. And Tulsa was ranked twenty fourth. They were a good team this year, but what that does, is it hurts. You know, the Cincinnati's of the world. I think when they want to be considered for for CFP uh, berths because. You know, if you can't have a twenty-four, a 24th ranked mid-major beat a really, really bad SEC team, and that just feeds into the narrative like these second-tier teams aren't good enough. They're never going to get a shot. So Cincinnati's going to have to have some help from uh, some of its friends to, to to win these games when they're scheduled. You can't lose to a 3-7 and seven team like that. Yeah, and I honestly think, you know, I think the CFP did what they did purposely this year. I think that they put Cincinnati against this Georgia team because they it's like a we're gonna see you know let, let's mm-hmm. let's see if we made a mistake or not you know if y'all go out here and y'all dominate this georgia team we we will admit that we was wrong y'all probably should have been in the top four but if y'all if y'all can't be the simple a georgia team who's ranked ninth like why would we put y'all in there like then what we think is true like y'all y'all exactly conference is not strong enough to go against the sec or anything like that so i think that's why they set it up like this. So I think for Cincinnati, I think it this game is not just about them, but this is about any team that's not from a big conference. They're all probably rooting for Cincinnati to go out there and beat a Georgia oh, yeah. because it'll open the door for the teams that's not in these top conferences to get inside the top four. We hope that's uh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Number eight, Cincinnati gets number nine, Georgia, 1 p.m. this afternoon. That'll be a good one. I know a lot of Ohio State fans will be uh, – watching and rooting for little brother to go out there and handle some business against the SEC. That'd make a a lot of people in Ohio happy to see that happen. Speaking of the SEC, Wednesday night, number six, Oklahoma, absolutely destroyed number seven, Florida, 55 Mm, to 20 mm. in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Kyle Trask, who was hyped as a, maybe a Heisman finalist, picked off three times in the first quarter alone, led to a quick 17-0 sooner lead. Oklahoma rushed for 435 yards in that game. Uh, that's uh, that's bad, right? <laughs> Is that bad? Dang. Is that bad? That's like some video game <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> you, that's unheard of. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. I tell you what, I, and you know what? I actually like the quarterback of Florida. I, I thought he was, I thought he was really tough. I thought that, you know, he deserved to be in the finals for the Heisman. Um, and that kind of all just went out the window. <laughs> yeah, he got. Now, now I'm sure Florida's going to say, you know, they had some guys opt out, you know. So we we didn't have our full team, you know. They'll say some stuff like that. But y'all had that guy right there, that quarterback who was like could have been a Heisman winner, and he went out there and he just 
I don't know what he was doing. That whew, I guess he, you know what? And then he ended up declaring yesterday. So it's kind of like, you know, let's just get it over with. Let's just come on. Come on. Let me go ahead and get my career over with. But I don't think you want to go out in that fashion like that. was terrible. Uh, Went out with the anti-bang, didn't he? Three picks in the <laughs> one of them got housed for a pick six, so did not have a good game. What makes that game so special? Obviously, it's always fun to see the SEC get smoked like that. But prior to the game, Florida linebacker James Houston, uh, during his media session, when he was asked about the game, said, quote, Oklahoma is a good matchup, but they're not on our level. They're not SEC. They're not the Florida Gators. And his team got stopped. That linebacker, James Houston, finished the game with one tackle. One tackle. <laughs> well, I guess it was a, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, the Florida got hyped up because, you know, they played Alabama the week before. Kept it close. Kept it close. You know, they thought, you know, we, we're a good team. We're hanging with the number one team in the country. You know, that type thing. So they, they were overhyped. And they probably just overlooked the game and thought, you know, this Oklahoma, you know, we are the SEC. And they they drinking that SEC Kool-Aid that everybody always drink. And they just – they got shot, man. <laughs> they, they got hit in the mouth was exactly what happened. Golly, they didn't know how to respond to it. Yeah, it was – yeah, don't look good. I feel bad for you because you, you picked him. <laughs> we'll talk that was your pick. <laughs> yeah. I was happy to Woo. see it. You know, don't like taking the L, but I'm happy to see it. Uh, I love seeing the Oklahoma fans with the mock SEC chance during the game. That was fantastic. And then you get the post game, and Florida's head coach Dan Mullen said, quote, the last game the 2020 team played was 11 days ago. You know, he's basically referring to the SEC championship you mentioned against Alabama. And, you know, basically say we didn't have any of our players for this game. It didn't really count. And he got roasted online for, you know, basically 24 hours straight, uh, which he deserved. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and it's it's always the same. Whenever the SEC loses in a bowl game, it's the excuses start, right? Like, didn't they didn't want to be there. They weren't motivated to be there. Didn't have all their players, you know. Oklahoma, yeah. How are you not motivated to be there? Like you, this is you're the seventh team going against the sixteen. Exactly. It ain't like you, it ain't like you in the little Caesars bowl. You in a good bowl. Like what are you talking about? Like y'all, I'm sure they probably. I don't know if they give rings for them or not. I know they told us at Ohio State, if it's not a championship, we ain't getting a ring. But other schools is different. You know, like this is, and then on top of that, if you're a, a senior or you're leaving to go to the NFL, this is your last game as as your college career. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. take it seriously. If that was the case, nobody should have played. They should have just not played the game. If that was the case, Oklahoma showed up. You know, like what's the problem? And in Florida, had they were missing four wide receivers, or I guess four pass catchers because the tight end was out too. And they're pointing to that and stuff. And they, they had 435 rushing yards. Oklahoma did to do pass catchers play defensive line or linebacker or safety. Like I didn't know those guys made tackles. Do they? <laughs> like what are they talking about? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just fishing for an excuse, I guess. You know, every it's hard to it's easy to point the finger, but it's hard to pull the thumb. You know, like it's just it's we we they caught us. They got us. It's all right. It's it's college football. It happens. Yeah, and and. You know, Dan Mullen, the head coach down there, is quickly becoming the clown of college football because he's got a habit right now. That wasn't the first time he said something dumb after a game. After his team lost to Texas A&M 41-38 in early October, 
he complained about the size of A&M's home crowd and said he wanted to see 90,000 at Florida Swamp the next week for their home game. And then days later, he announced he was COVID positive, so he looked stupid there, had to apologize. Lost his regular season finale. Remember this? Lost set 37-34 to 34 to a very bad LSU team. Let's be real. That, that LSU team was garbage. Well, gets- be, hold on now to your credit. The guy, the guy threw the shoe. Like they had the game won. The uh, guy, maybe. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. The game was won. It was fourth down, and they made the stop. And the dude just got him. He, I can't believe he did that because he ruined everything. <laughs> he ruined he did. everything. He picked that shoe up and threw the shoe, and the rest is history. Shouldn't have been that close, though. Shouldn't have been that position. And he gets You're in right. the locker room. Mullen after that game says, "Quote: I guess the best thing to do would have been to play less games." Because you seem to get rewarded this year for not playing this year in college football. He's taking a swipe at Ohio State. First of all, Dan Mullen, that's a stupid thing to say. Second of all, it's fewer, not less there. That's the proper English. Man, this guy, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, so you, I don't oh, I don't what what do we got to do with that though? No. What does Ohio State got to do with you losing to LA? Exactly. That makes no sense. Right, right. Yeah, it's just a guy grasping at straws, basically, after taking a loss. His team ends up losing. They lost the last three games of the season. And and just last week, man, he and his school accepted a show-cause penalty from the NCAA for some recruiting shenanigans. Includes a year of probation and limitations on where he can recruit. Like, I don't know. This guy must... He must have some dirt on the administration to, to, to just say dumb things all the time, to not really have done much yet, and then to also be on probation for recruiting. Like, what's he done? I, I don't know, man. A lot of people respect him, though. Was he, was he was he, Urban's, yeah. I'm about to say he was with Urban. So, you know, a lot of people respect him for that. And, I mean, he does a fairly decent job. I mean, Florida – Florida has done well, I will say, in the past couple of years. I mean, so, you know, you got to give him his credit for that. But he obviously, he does not think before he speaks with the media after games. I mean, he's probably just caught up in the moment and bad over games. But, you know, you got to keep it professional at times. You sure do. And there's nothing quite like seeing a coach or a player say something so dumb that, the entire outside world starts roasting him. And even his fans are like, oh, geez, you know, (laughs) even Florida fans are like, I'm going to go hide in this bush over here for a little bit because I can't believe he just (laughs) said that. So appreciate that. Big Ten's off to a strong start on Wednesday. Wisconsin beat Wake Forest 42 to 28 in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, which fun bowl name there. Uh, Great game. Good effort from the Badgers in the post game. Quarterback Graham Mertz and his Wisconsin teammates shattered the game trophy on the locker room floor. That's uh, that's pretty big right there. Pretty big 10 to break the trophy, huh? Yeah, but, you know, at least they, they won the game. I'm pretty sure, you know, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but I, I would hope that the the uh, the bowl sends them another trophy because <laughs> stuff happens. Uh, but, yeah, at least they got the dub, you know. And quarterbacks obviously are not wide receivers, and you know, they're, <laughs> they're not known to hold the ball really well. So, you know. Now we understand why. It, okay, it, it, so it's easy. I'm going to get off topic again for a half second, but if we're ranking hands on a football team, you're going to put wide receivers one, cornerbacks two. Would you go safeties three or tight ends three? I would probably go tight ends. And then you put safeties I would, four? I, I honestly will go safeties two, tight ends three, corners four. Are you serious? Corners drop more picks. Yeah, corners drop more picks than safeties for sure. Man, that flies in the face of everything I've ever thought. I always thought corners were just the guys who, you know, that had almost as good hands as, as, as wide receivers, but, you know, could tackle a little bit. 
No, they they can't catch. That's why they play defense. Well, I know that, but that's why they're yeah. But you're you're telling me right now, so you put safeties above corners in terms of hands. Yeah. All right. Okay. Here it gets tough. Here, who has the worst hands? Specialist, offensive lineman, or defensive lineman? <laughs> that's a tough one, huh? <laughs> offensive line. I'm going offensive line for sure. So you you think specialists can can catch better than OL? Oh yeah, you know some of those some of those punts, you know them long snappers be zipping that ball back there. So you know they you got to give them credit for catching it. But you know, good point, good point. I feel like they can catch, they can handle a pass, but offensive linemen they never see no ball thrown. And they they watch the ball get thrown. They don't, you know they ain't never say defensive linemen you see them catch picks. You know, yeah, batted balls in the air, but you know they still come down with it. But offensive lineman never. Love seeing the quarterback fumble and the ball goes in the ground. The offensive lineman just eyes get real big. He's like his big moment. You know, he's gonna fall on or try to scoop it, and it's always uh, usually a disaster. But uh, yeah, it don't go. It never goes <laughs> the way they think it's gonna go. No, they got big plans, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know what that's about, but yeah, they be like, they be licking their chops, like, yes, this is my time to shine, and then something bad happens. And and these guys, you know, the oh well, these guys usually been big their whole life. So they they weren't like they were wide receivers in the sixth grade either. They were probably guards in sixth grade too, right? Right, yeah. And yeah, for the most part. But then again, you know, some guys that grow up and slim up. I mean, Cardio was a left tackle. <laughs> was a Are left you tackle. serious? You never knew that? Yeah, no. Cardio. Cardio was a left tackle in uh, Muni League football, and then he grew up and slimmed down, and he became quarterback. Wow, that's wild. Did not know that. Cardell the left tackle. Yeah, it was. I didn't believe him, but yeah, that's what they what they tell me. <laughs> that's what he tells me. He said, my first position in football, left tackle. Wow. Yeah, I'm not to think on that for a little bit. <laughs> big, big college football day today with the two semifinal games. Starting things off at 4 p.m., we got number one Alabama against number four Notre Dame at the Rose Bowl in Arlington, Texas, of all places this year. Did you see the Pasadena Tournament of Roses had to pay the city of Pasadena $2 million to use the name in Texas? Really? Good good money hey, if you can you get know, it. That's, that's just like 2020, boys. Am I always trying to get over on somebody? <laughs> Boy, got that money about it. It's times is hard. I ain't bad at them, though. But, yeah, $2 million? Yes, sir. Uh, Alabama heavy favorites that one. Then, of course, the game we're going to talk about, number two, Clemson, number three, Ohio State at the Sugar Bowl. The Buckeyes landed in New Orleans around 5, 10 p.m. Thursday evening. Clemson, of course, got there a day early, arrived on Wednesday. Uh, Bucks had their flight delayed because of heavy winds and uh, tornado warnings in the New Orleans area. I guess it's raining like crazy down there right now or, or, or has been the last 24 hours. And, you know, with COVID, the players are not going to have too much of a, of a chance to, to get out and kind of enjoy New Orleans. I know you were there in 2015, famously picked off a pass to seal the game. Did you guys get to have a little fun after the game in, in town or what was that like? Uh, we got there, we got there earlier, like a week, what did we get there a week earlier, a couple of days earlier, whatever, whatever the case may be the first day, you know, we have a team dinner. Then after the team dinner, you know, you're able to go out and, you know, see the city, hang out with the teammates, you know, blah, blah, blah. So a couple of us all got together hung out, went and walked around Bourbon street, you know, type that type thing. Um, then the next night curfew sit, we got earlier. 
I should say. And then the next night, it was like, y'all ain't going out. And then the next night was like game day. So it's like the, the, the closer it got to the game, the more, the earlier you had to be in your room type thing. So you know, it was good. It was a good little, good little thing. We got to at least visit and see the things of Bourbon Street and New Orleans and stuff like that. It's crazy. I know you don't drink, but uh, that that town is built on booze and especially that part of town, Bourbon Street. And I've yeah, been- I hear the drink of choice is... I hear the drink of choice there is a, a hurricane or something like that. They have those. They have a drink called a hand grenade, which is a lot of people like those. A uh, uh, hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, if I was a drinker, I would probably stay away from that. <laughs> the warning's right there, right? It's cold. Yeah, I'm about to say, it, it's telling you what it's going to do to you. So don't even do it. <laughs> no, no, stay away from that. It, it blows your mind, too, because the first time you go there, you're leaving a bar and you may have a drink and, 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 and they'll say, do you want a to go cup with your drink? And they'll just pour it in a plastic cup and you just walk out on the street with it. And you're like, cause that, you know, that, that happens in Vegas and New Orleans, maybe a couple other places here in the United States, but public drinking is not something, you know, certainly in Ohio that we grew up accustomed to. That's what I was about to say. It's legal down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Blows your mind. They're like, here's a, here's a, here's a to go cup. Enjoy your booze for the walk to your next uh, destination. And, it's uh, it's it's a neat place. It uh, the bars, you know, many of them are open twenty four hours. Really? Yeah. Oh, they they be out there acting up, then. They down there acting a fool. If you wake up early enough in the morning and walk down Bourbon Street, uh, you can smell fresh vomit all over the place. Well, <laughs> so, thank, thank God, Urban had us on that curfew. Yeah, it's you know, for me, it's that and Vegas are two places where you know if I go, I can only go for two or three days. I got to get out because it's like such a, <laughs> a parallel, bizarre universe, man, where things are just crazy, right? Yeah, I would imagine you know, uh, Oregon is probably like that now. Is it or yeah, Oregon's probably like that now. Getting loose too. Do you remember much of the stadium, the locker rooms? Like, uh, what stands out from playing that game? I'm, you know, kind of. Stuff off the field, obviously, the interception was big and just, you know, getting hit by Alabama players, I'm sure, stood out all night. But <laughs> were the locker rooms nice? Was the pageantry nice? Well, it's in the it was in the Saints dorm, uh, thing, right? Right. So, yeah, you know, that was nice to be in the NFL. St- anytime you play in the NFL stadium, it's like, man, like, wow, all the great Saints play here type thing. So, mm-hmm. it was always like that. You know, they had, like, banners of our team. So, it was like certain players was on the banner so that was cool like to see people from the team on the banners but you know it was it was just hyped up you know they had the videos before you come out you know they got like the video on the jumbotron uh, show like what you done that what your team has done this season so you know it's, they, they go all out i tell you it's nice i am not gonna lie to you it, it's nice you get your bus with your with your college on the bus well you your, well huh yeah it, it's nice it, it, is that the game you got the recliner from Yep. <laughs> that, sure that, that, let me tell you that that still blows my mind that sure one of your bowl did. gifts was a recliner. I, the, the sad thing is, I don't know where the recliner is today. How you lose a recliner? I don't know, man. You know, me and Cardell was we was doormate. I mean, roommates, and then like when we moved out, it was just like packed. It. We was in the league, so like packed the stuff up and whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's not like I took it with me. <laughs> You guys practice a lot of these bowls. You will practice at a local high school. Do you remember much of that? Yeah, I think we were at Tulane, maybe. I think okay. We went to Tulane. Went to a college. Uh, okay. And Tulane, 
Tulane in New Orleans, right? Am I, yeah. or am I, no, I Tulane. Geog- ge- geography is not my thing, y'all. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing. I think I want to say it was Tulane. It actually we is. We use Tulane's yep. facility. Okay. They have an indoor facility or is it all outdoor? Or? Uh, I can't remember. I don't recall that part. Okay. Much different for the Buckeyes this year. Obviously arriving Thursday evening, they're going to do, you know, basically if you arrive Thursday evening, you got a game on Friday. You just, you got a couple of walkthroughs in you and that's about it. Right. Yeah. The, the hardest part about these the, the night games, you got to sit around and wait all day, but you know, that's good. Cause you know, you get more time to prepare for the game, which I mean, if I was them, that's what I would be doing. I don't, I would have watched so much film. It would be ridiculous. Like, I, it would be to the point where I just know. I just know. And that's typically how I was. Like, that's kind of how I made a lot of plays. It's like I watched so much tape that I just knew what was what they was going to do. Because, like Perfect. I say, teams tend to stick to what they know, especially, like, at this time of the year. Love hearing that. Was Is that something that was common amongst a lot of your teammates, or would you say you watch more film than most? Uh. See, I, I can't really – I don't know what a lot of um, the, the other side of the ball did. I know for a fact that – the only person I know that watched as much film as me is the linebackers and Vine because Vine sat right next to me while I watched it. So I know for a fact that he was watching film. But I can't really speak for everybody else. Very cool. Clemson, of course, is 4-0 all-time against Ohio State, the rare team. The Buckeyes have never beaten. They met last year. We talked about it earlier. In a game that, uh, you know, many Ohio State fans and former players like yourself probably still feel was stolen. You had those SEC refs overturning that fumble, tossing out Sean Wade. Did not get any breaks last year. I thought Ohio State was the better team that night. Yeah, for sure we were. I mean, like I said, we started off. We started off so, so good. And it just kind of, you know, those couple calls messed up everything. But, you know, hopefully this year. You know, things, they just play a clean game and just leave it out of the referee's hands, you know, so the referees aren't the ones, you know, that could affect the game or change the outcome of the game. And hopefully Sean Wade is, <laughs> you know, doesn't tackle, even though it was such a clean tackle, I still don't know what they were looking at. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he learned from his thing and, you know, he have a big game and we have all at least at least finished the game this year. Yeah, yeah, I think that he's probably – this is the one he wants. It's the one Justin wants, and so many of the guys want another crack. And this is a rivalry, man. It's, 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 it is a true rivalry, and it's rare because they're not teams that play every year. They're not in the same conference. They get – you know, but when they play, they're big games. And, you know, Dabo, of course, voted Ohio State number 11 in his final coach's poll ballot, and then uh, – I could probably run for governor in Michigan might have a good chance, uh, but probably not very popular in Ohio. But listen – I don't live my life that way. I'm not going to say, well, let me let me put them here and do something that I absolutely don't believe in. Totally lean into that. And I thought this was interesting, too. Ryan Day, at his presser earlier in the week, alluded to Clemson stealing signs on defense. You know, he was asked about Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in, uh, in college football. And, um, you know, he does a great job calling the game. Um, you know, seems to always know exactly what the other team is doing in terms of uh, the plays that they're running each play and, um, you know, seems to, you know, call the right defense in, into that play a lot. And, uh, you know, why that is, you know, I don't really know. But I, 
I can tell you that uh, he's been doing it for a long time, and it's a good challenge. All but saying that Venables and Clemson are sign stealers, and there have been two articles written recently. SI wrote something last month about Clemson, their sign stealing. They talked to several coaches about it. And then uh, a couple days ago, Pete Dammel at uh, Yahoo wrote a piece about it too, playing off of Day's comments. And I know we've talked about this previously uh, whether it's fair game or not. And I still contend, you know, if you pick up on what a guy's doing or you see something in their last game or what a team's doing, it tips you off on some things. That's fine. But Clemson seems to devote a lot of resources, a lot of analysts, a lot of grad students just to stealing signs. And I think, you know, that may be going a little bit too far. Yeah. Like I say, I don't, I don't agree with people like spending, if you got to study it, like if you got to like literally on your copy of the game and you got the whole camera on the coach doing signals, I mean, that, that should tell you right there that you wrong. But if it's like during the game and you just so happen and they keep doing this signal and you picked up on the signal, then it is fair. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I agree. And, and, you know, Ohio state and some of their players have said that, They've had Clemson on the mind all year, and they probably knew they'd get another crack at him. So I really wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Day has kind of mixed things up a lot this year. And plus, you know, Dabo was complaining earlier about only having six games of tape on Ohio State. So maybe that kind of hurts them. They're sign stealing because there's not as much out there to see, right? Yeah, that's true, too. And, you know, like I say, it, it, it eliminates a lot of things that because you don't know if Ohio State can do well against this or not or you don't know what they do because you only got six games of film on them and I think that's kind of what Dabo's kind of upset about it's like man I, we can't we can't steal signals or we don't know if they can stop this or not because nobody has showed them that look but vice versa it also hurts Ohio State because it's like y'all don't have the reps against certain looks and if they so say Clemson comes out with a look and y'all ain't never talked about it like how do we play it like what do we how do we adjust to it so that's like the downfall of it yeah the definitely the game within the game something to watch when you're watching the game tonight, some COVID concerns too. Clemson offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott is going to miss the game after testing positive for COVID. He's a former Clemson wide receiver. Now on the staff, he was co-offensive coordinator with Jeff Scott last year before Scott left to take the head job at South Florida. So what's going to happen is Dabo is going to be on the field and quarterback coach Jeff Streeter will be up in the booth. And those two will combine to call plays for Clemson. How big of a loss is it to lose an OC in a game like this the week of? It's huge because, I mean, that's the guy that's been calling plays all year. You know, you're used to what he call and what he does. So, you know, not to have him. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know who to back up. I don't know how the coaching backup thing works. Like, do you have a, a, a backup OC or not? But uh, it definitely it definitely hurts them a ton and they're definitely going to miss the guy. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you there. I think it's going to hurt. I do know that they have with Trevor Lawrence, it's uh maybe not going to hurt as much as it would if you had like an average quarterback, if that makes sense. Cause Trevor's just so good and so smart. Right. So I think there's, there's probably something at play there, but we'll have to see what happens there. Definitely a break for Ohio state finally getting one on the COVID front. Uh, ACC has a less stringent testing policy and contact tracing policies than the big 10 does. So Clemson's done with testing. Uh, they're not going to have anybody that, you know, at least public we haven't heard yet is going to be out further from the offensive coordinator they don't even do day of game testing like ohio state does really no i cheat <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 definitely a hole in the system ryan day was asked about it he said quote i think it's a unique situation 
that we don't have the same protocols going into the game. Uh, he went on to say, <laughs> I'm not going to spend like each other, boy. <laughs> no, they don't. There's, there's blood there. I love it, man. I love it. And he went on to say, quote, I'm not going to spend time thinking about it. I'm tired of that. <laughs> yeah, that, it's a lot of beef between them two, man. I really hope that we get a great game. Yeah. Dave's got a little little chip on him sometimes. I, I like it, though. Michigan, like, I, I like that, though. Like that That's the type of guy that you want to play for. You know? I do, too. I love it because he seems like Mr. Nice Guy publicly, but he he, he wants to go after some of these teams. He's, he's definitely competitive, man. Definitely super oh, yeah. competitive. And oh, like 100%. I mean, you could just tell like just Urban. How, just how last year, just how, by the way, he was calling the game. Like, you could yeah. tell that he was, like, the right man for the job. You know, he's not – he's don't back down from no challenge. And you yeah. got to respect that. Yeah, love it, man. We're blessed to have him. Wide receiver Chris Alave is good to go for OSU. He will play linebacker Baron Browning traveled to New Orleans, so he should be good too. And Drew Chrisman, the punter, is back as well, even though Buckeyes got some good backup punting in the Big Ten Championship game. But, yeah, they're, they're, uh, a day had a quote about uh, how the team playing was definitely a little fuller this time than it was the last time they traveled to play in, in Indianapolis. So love hearing that. And, uh, you know, it's going to come down to the matchups and – both teams have elite players. Uh, I've been harping on this for a bit. Clemson has an offensive line. They've got left tackle Jackson Carmen, kid from Ohio St- or from the state of Ohio, that was a five star up here, and that's it, man. The other four guys are just okay. And this year, I you know, there's no Chase Young or Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa on this team, but I think the defensive line at Ohio State is very underrated still. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely because we got the one guy who. Um... It was an all-American. Haskell I, Garrett, right? Yeah, and, and uh, they definitely get a lot of stuff done. Like, you know, and with, the, with what's on the line, I'm pretty sure they have no – they don't need no extra motivation to play this game. And they're going to have to be. They'll need to eat and, and eat some blocks and get in that backfield. they got to do two things, man. Try to get to Trevor Lawrence, make him pass quicker than he wants to, hit him, rattle him if they can. They also got to stop uh, running back Travis Etienne. And, you know, those two things sound easy on paper, but those are two really good players. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, Travis Etienne is one of those guys that, you know, coming into the season, you know, we thought, you know, he would be this guy, but he hasn't really had that great season. But he he has the ability to really affect the game. And, I mean, we know everything about Trevor Lawrence. So it's definitely going to take everybody, the all 11 on defense, you know, and we got to stop both the pass and the run game. And I'm pretty sure they're going to do a great job of that. You know, if I was the Buckeyes, I'd rather, you know, try to stop um, – I'd rather stop Lawrence – and let ETN try to beat us, you know, because <laughs> I think we do really well against the run. I agree. I agree. And on the flip side, man, I think Ohio State's offensive line can mash. I mean, they're probably, you know, the nation's best offensive line as a full unit. Trey Sermon, running back, is fresh off, popping off for 331 in the Big Ten championship game. You know, is if the running game's working early against, against Clemson, and it should be, uh, can Ryan Day stay disciplined? Because you know he likes to dial up those passes. He's got those great wide receivers, man. See, that that's the thing because, you know, Justin, Justin, he wants Justin to have a good game. But, you know, that's his guy. And it, I think he just has to play this game and, like, not – like, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't predict what you think somebody's – what's going to happen. Like, you just got to take it for what it is. So, if the run game is what's, you know, winning us the game, we got to just – turn into a heavy run team if Justin Fields is out there dicing them up then we need to just keep the ball in his hands I think that's what we have to do I, we can't just try to depend on Justin to get the job done even right. though he says he has prepared 
more for this. This is the hardest he's prepared all season, which, I mean, I would definitely understand why that is. But, yeah, I think he just got to let the game – he got to just go with the flow of the game. That's what that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, go with the flow of the game. Yeah, and Ohio State's the only Power 5 team to average 250 on the ground and through the air this year. So they like that balance. And I, I agree, man. That balance is super important. Urban used to rave about it. But, I mean, there were times in the Big Ten Championship game when we were all like, run the ball, stop doing that, run the ball, it's working. Uh, so right. we'll, have, we'll have to see what shakes out. Clemson safety, Nolan Turner is out for the first half. He was uh, ejected for targeting against Notre Dame in the ACC Championship game. You might remember him as the guy that picked off fields to end last year's game. So that'll be a you – know, <laughs> I think he was second team all ACC, so we'll, we'll take every, every little advantage we can get, right? Yeah, man, he definitely made the play to seal the deal. I mean, it's a good thing he won't be there in the first half. Hopefully, he doesn't make a play to seal the deal on us again. Hopefully, it doesn't even come down to that. No, yeah. So, yeah, we're due. We need give us a blowout win, man. Just give one time. Just give us like a give us like a. a, a Wouldn't that be we we owe them from that thirty-one to nothing? Or I think we owe them big. Like, and this one time, give it to us greatest year to do it man it could be trevor lawrence's last year you know make him go playing for his win <laughs> sooner than he wants to <laughs> yeah, just one of those games man like you that 59 nothing game you guys had on wisconsin in the big 10 championship game bucks uh are not going to be surprised this year i don't think by trevor lawrence's legs he can run a little bit he ran the acc championship of course he he roasted the bucks on the ground last year i think all was like oh my gosh i didn't know he could run that well but right. his uh and he's great he's very very good he's gonna go number one in the draft his receivers are not elite, though, man. They're the there's two best receivers from last year. One's the NFL, and one is uh, was medically ineligible all season. So he's playing with some guys that he's made good because he's so good, and good quarterbacks can do that. But that pairs well with the you know something I know you care about the secondary at Ohio State. It's it's struggled sometimes this year. Yeah, but to to Clemson's credit, and I don't like to give them credit. Those guys who haven't who are not the big names have actually done a a really good job this year you know they got some guys who are older who never really shine but they are making a name for themselves this year Um, but it's it's different from not having your guys I mean from an athletic set athletic um look like you need those guys those big time playmakers and to not have those you know it's it's going it might show you might show up in games like this where you know Though if they had that number one guy, that things probably could have been different. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they had trouble even the elite guys last year getting off Ohio State's press in the game last season. But you know, it's kind of like to me like uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, those guys, Tom Brady, where you can have like you know Brees has uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans, and and Peyton Manning had Marvin Harrison and guys like that. But those guys are so good at quarterbacks, they could make the number two and three receivers. They could send them to pro bowls too. I mean, that's, that's how good they were. And that's how Trevor Lawrence is. So you're right. These guys are going to be, they're going to be in the game. They're going to be tough, but, uh, you know, I like where we're at on the other side too. You mentioned Justin Fields saying he's prepared for this game more than any other game in his life. It's so important to him, man, a shot at redemption against the team that broke his heart last year. The only loss he has is a Buckeye. And we mentioned Nolan Turner, the safeties out for Clemson. The rest of their secondary is not great either. They got maybe one guy that's a first-round draft pick at corner. And, the you know, some other guys definitely aren't. So we worry a lot about OSU's secondary. And Clemson doesn't always have, especially this year, doesn't have the, the greatest secondary or defensive line either. So look for Justin to eat. And uh, hopefully the balance works out. Do you uh, do you see the Bucks passing more or throwing for more yards? In the, or throwing for more or running for more, I should say, in this game? 
Well, I think coming off the game that they had in the Big Ten Championship, I think they want to establish the run. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, the run opens up everything. You know, it, you get people to – you get those linebackers so worried about your running back. And, you know, they probably all week, those linebackers I've heard about, you know, he just broke the record and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, you know, so, you know he probably got them all juiced up to come in there and try to stop the run. So – it would be nice to actually start off the game with a play action because they might get them. <laughs> I love that call. I love that idea. <laughs> if Throw you, deep. If you so have, if Ryan Day is so happy to listen to this before the before eight o'clock tonight, run the play action the first game of play, you might catch him. Hit him with a stutter, stutter and go, and you might you might get him. Of course, but, he's, yeah. he's definitely listening to this. So yeah, go ahead and say. What you say <laughs> <to him. laughs> but but yeah, I think uh, he. You know, you know, to Ohio State's fashion, we're going to try to be as balanced as we can and let the game come to us. Um, but I think ultimately Justin's going to open it up and he's going to do the amazing thing that he does. And we're just going to probably end up throwing the ball more. But I think the run game is going to be effective as well. Yeah, let's get to it, man. The Bucks are going to wear those uh... – those road Nike Diamond Quest, you know the classics. You talk about them classics. I saw you tweeting about them. I know they. I know you love them. Oh yeah, they hold a very special place in my heart. You know, I, you know what? I'm actually looking at the jersey right now as we speak. It just so happened to be a picture right here, and I'm looking right at myself. Look at that. Oh, it looked good. It looked good. <laughs> Clemson's favored by seven and a half. Who do you like? Is that a serious question? Are you seriously asking me that? <laughs> who who do I like? Who, who do you, I, the Buckeyes who, by a bunch. That's who I like. The Buckeyes, Buckeyes by, by a it ain't, bunch. It ain't even going to be close. We're going to shock the world. What do no, you got for me on the score then? No, I'm going to say I'm going 28-24 Buckeyes. All right. No, it ain't gonna because you know Dabble will you know they're gonna get some stuff off. I ain't gonna. It is what it is. They're too good. But they I, got a good quarterback. Yeah, they, when you got a good quarterback, like it's it's inevitable he's gonna make some plays. But so I'm going 28, 24. Um, we're gonna go up. We're gonna. I, I think we, it's gonna be a back and forth game, and we're just gonna pull away in the fourth quarter. I love hearing that. I'm I'm uh, very very similar to you. I'm going 31, 27, Ohio State. So we're right in the same neighborhood. We both like four-point wins. <laughs> and uh, I just think, you know, we, what happened last year and me knowing Coach Mick, I'm pretty sure he harped to them about finishing. Finish. You got to finish. You got to finish. Mm-hmm. So I think their fourth quarter shit is going to just be unbelievable because all they've heard, excuse me, all they heard this all season is finished. That's all they heard. Finish, 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 finish. And I think that they're going to finish this game. They're going to play a complete four-quarter game. I hope so, man. I know we're both optimistic. Sometimes that worries me that we're a little too homer on the team. But uh, <laughs> I hope so. It'll be a big one again tonight at 8 p.m. And New Orleans will all be tuned in for that one. Some other good games this week. Uh, before we get to that, you took the lead on me this year in our uh, picking winners. Mm, did I? Did you I? Did. You <laughs> did. You had uh, took Texas. Then I what I, listen. You what did. I say, you man? I told y'all what Herman was going. <laughs> I said he was going to win by a bunch. What he do? Win by a bunch. <laughs> I need to start listening to what I say. Yeah, I think I just be talking and just be talking. I know some things. <laughs> you too. You, you definitely. I text do. Herman personally. I said, don't even let it be close. <laughs> I need this dog. Help me out. <laughs> Nine and a half point favorites. Texas, where they beat Colorado, 55-23. Big win for you there. I took an L. I had Florida giving three points to Oklahoma. 
And you course, was you drank the Kool Aid, man. You seen that SEC championship game? And you just, I did. I did. Well, you know what? To my credit, a little bit. You didn't know they was opting out. No, huh? no. They, <laughs> we recorded this a week ago. Then all the then all the dudes opted out, and you know I can't change it. But I'm gonna tell you what. I took the L. I was happy to take the L just to see the SEC get trucked, man. It made made the whole thing worth it. I was that's okay true. with that. No, I that's true. I, I agree with that. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, we got a got a chance to redeem yourself. I can catch up. I got about two weeks to try to take the lead here. But you're ten, <laughs> you are ten and three on the season. I'm nine and four. Still, two very good records for two guys who don't say, gamble. Man, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, but take our if you do gamble, please take our advice. Get rich off of us. Uh, let's go through this week's game: the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, one p.m. today. Number nine Georgia against number eight Cincinnati. Georgia's favored by seven and a half. Then you have the VRBO Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m. on ABC. Auburn against number 14, Northwestern. Northwestern's favored by four points. Rose Bowl, which is the CFP semifinal, 4 p.m. on ESPN. Number four, Notre Dame. Number one, Alabama. The Tide are favored by 19 and a half. Huge line there. 8 p.m. on ESPN. Is it not? It's 8 p.m. on ESPN. Got the other semifinal game in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Number three, Ohio State. Number two, Clemson. Clemson's favored by seven and a half points in that one. And finally, last game we'll look at this week is Saturday, tomorrow at 1230 on ABC. Ole Miss against number 11, Indiana, in the Outback Bowl. The Hoosiers are eight-point favorites in that one. Who do you like this week? We've got five games here. Some are more appealing than others. You know what? Before before I said I was going to pick Indiana over Ole Miss. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going to pick Coach Fick in Cincinnati, and they're going to beat Georgia, and they're going to open up the door and make college football CFP decisions from, from here on out tough. And I like it. That's what, right. I, that's, that's what I'm going with. Ride and die with Coach Fick. I like it. You're getting seven and a half points, too. Man, that could very easily happen. Cincinnati's a very, very good football team. Georgia's, you know, I believe overrated at number nine. I am going to take that Indiana game. And they're getting – they're giving eight points. So, I've got Indiana giving eight points against Ole Miss. Four and five Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss. Giving eight points. That's a Saturday game. And uh, I like that one. I think they're going to get it done. I'll have to ride with the Big Ten a little bit. I thought that Indiana <laughs> – I think Indiana's got a great team. And, he, and many Ohio State fans would probably agree based on what we saw when they played. And uh, Old Miss is kind of a, a dumpster fire this year. So I'm good with that. And Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I was leaning towards it because Old Miss hasn't looked like Old Miss. Like, you know, they – and they they they're struggling a little bit this season, and uh, I I I can agree with you. I can, it's appealing, but I just I just think that it's time for the the a team to come shock the world and, and help all other teams get better in the CFP, so they can get some recognition, you know? Because it's it's getting tired of seeing the same teams every year go into the CFP and it's time for one of those small teams to make some noise and change the narrative. Some new blood. I like it. I like that you're riding with Fick, man. I appreciate that, but Hey, good luck to you. Hope I don't close the gap and then uh, maybe tie it up with a chance to win when Ohio you State would, goes and plays would, the you, championship. You, you would like that, wouldn't you? Well, here's the problem, man. If, if I win and you lose and say we, that happens and we tie and then the Bucks win 
you know, both of us are taking Ohio State to championships, so, and nothing's going to be settled. Nothing's going to be settled, but I'm fine with that. I live with a tie there. You want to do some whack stories? Yes, I do. This one is going to talk about my hardships. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for whack stories. Tybus shares a story from his days as a Buckeye bringing us inside the team a little bit. So this one is going to talk about uh, the off-season program, actually. You know, spent a little time on the off-season. So, you know, it, I'm going to talk about the winner, the goods, and the bads of it. Now, the bads. <laughs> the bads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I couldn't wait to talk about that. <laughs> Let me talk about some bads. <laughs> the, the bad is, you know, the, the, the winter workouts, man, oh, my goodness, it's like, You'd be like, man, did we do something to Coach Mick or something? Like, what, what's going on? Like, that that St. Valentine's Day workout in particular is probably the hardest workout that you'll do in college football. I don't care what nobody say. And, like, to this day, I would you can't pay me to go in there and do that again. <laughs> and it was like, like – I think my last year doing it, the worst thing happened was I – sprain like we was doing the the workout and i like sprained my ankle so i'm thinking all right you know let me sprain my ankle you ain't gonna, they ain't gonna let me out of this <laughs> i want to go to the training room they ain't gonna let me out of this how no, that work no sir oh no sir hey what they did was they modified it it was like okay you can't do this but you sure can do this now you gonna do it you gonna do this workout and i was sitting there like man i'd rather just do what everybody else is doing. Because, you know, it, doing workouts, when you can look over and see somebody, you know, going through it with you, it makes the workout, like, not that bad. Like, right. like you know, somebody dying with me so we can get through this together, you know. But when you by yourself, when you off in the corner by yourself, oh, man, the motivation is gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was over there doing, uh, what is that thing? I can't think of what it's called. It's like a step climber or something like that. Man, oh, my God. I was over there dying just looking at my teammates like, man, I'm the only one doing this. So that's the bad part, you know, because you go through that workout and then once you get done, you know, you can't walk. It's just you. You just your legs is all just numb. Rubber legs, basically. Yeah, you you go. It's one of the ones you ever do a workout, and when you get done, you go sit down. And you just got to sit there for a while. <laughs> you can't even move. You just got to sit down for a while. That's that's what you do in the locker room. Everybody, it's a celebration. No, I ain't gonna lie. Everybody in the locker room, it's a celebration. But it's one of the ones that you celebrate sitting down because you yeah, can't move. The little things, man. How early so, in the morning they got you there for these? Uh, the first group was at five forty-five. The second group, oh was at lord, yeah, you, you're getting crushed, and you can't even sleep in to get crushed, right? So you know, eh, that's that's the bad. The same Valentine. Then the next week is the Harley Davidson, and they bring the motorcycles in. It's a lot of juice. I ain't gonna lie. It's you be turned up going up in there for sure, cause you gotta be. If you go in there with one of them little down attitudes, they'll eat the workout, eat you alive. <laughs> What's the story? What's the, what's the what do the Harleys represent? I could not tell you. I never got that information. I don't know why they do that. I guess it's like being a dude. You a dude. Dudes wear drive Harley Davidson, I guess. But they, I tell you what, they bring that Harley up in there and it, it, woo, wait, you be turned. Is this mixed Harley or who owns it? I think they probably just rent it for the, for the uh, event. So just to get loud, pretty loud? Yeah, it's. It, it's crazy, yeah, cause I it, it's it's wild that they it's literally a real Harley Davidson coming driving up in the woods. <laughs> like it's wild. 
Oh yeah, people. That's why people will be taking pictures of the, next to the Harley Davidson after it's over with. It's pretty cool, pretty cool experience after, even though you got your butt whooped. But the, now the good news is this: this is that there's been times where it's been good. Now the right, like after I know, right after the summertime, <laughs> at the beginning of the summertime workouts, right? So it's hot outside, and I, they used to do it like once a year. So you would come in, they like we got a five forty five workout in on Wednesday. And, and you got to make sure y'all there. So they, you come in, everybody mad because it's early in the morning. Oh, you got to get up, do the workout. So you get there, you get dressed, you go out on the field. Coach Mick take you through the warm-up. And then, like, halfway through the warm-up, he blows the whistle. and bring, He's like, bring it in, bring it in. I'm like, what is going on? Right? Mm-hmm. He'd be like, the workout's canceled. We're going to Zoom BZ Bay for the day. Oh, <laughs> Man, okay. listen, you would you be so happy. Like, what? We gotta do this workout. Cause they the day before they gas it up. Like, we got y'all gotta do this, this, this. So you be sitting there like, man, I can't believe we gotta do all this. And then he blow the whistle and be like, we going to the team is going to, we're taking a team trip to Zoom BZ Bay for the day. That's it's awesome. The, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing in the world, man. The old uh, tear you down, build you back up, right? Yeah. Was it an annual thing where they did that, where they, they tricked you on one of those days and took you someplace cool? So by the time you're a senior, you kind of knew it was coming, or is it? Well, see, that's the thing. So I, they did it one year, then the next year they didn't do it. So we always, we was thinking, all right, this go, this go, this go be the one. This go, this go be the one. We going to Zoom Easy Bay. And when we actually had to do the work, I was like, we were like heartbroken. Uh, I bet there were some hurt feelings that day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, they really gonna make us do this. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. That's a great story. Yeah, fans, man, we we see you guys for three hours or so on Saturdays and the tunnel and the fog and the, the band and fireworks and like a lot of, you know, fans are dumb. They know that there's work put in behind the scenes, but I don't know that a lot yeah, of them they don't yeah that's how, why I, how big when, it is when parent when kids like high school kids be like you know i want to go d1 i want to go d1 but they don't understand like like y'all don't know how hard it really is to be like to go d1 like it is really tough like it's a, it's not it's not as fun as you think it is like yeah the game days is fun but the things that you do in between that mm-hmm. like it's it you got to be mentally tough to handle it you got to be willing to do whatever yeah yeah that's what a lot of the times a lot of people not willing to sacrifice like you know like you sacrifice for college life a little bit because football dominates the majority of it mm-hmm. it's like you miss out on a lot of experiences and stuff that other kids can do that you can't and like you got to be able to you got to be willing to be able to be to live with that you know and a lot of people don't want to do that you know people want to go to college have fun and like live the college life but be a college football player and be successful like it's it doesn't work like that right and all that work and you know always tough and not not easy a lot of times and not often glamorous i mean you had you know 13 or 14 games a year was game time. And that was exciting, but you know, you, you put in the work, but you know, the rest of your life, you have, you know, the brotherhood of friends you made that experience of being a Buckeye football player. I still think we should get a t-shirt made. that says you made the interception in the sugar bowl. So you don't, you, be, you can eat for free, man. I'm trying to help you eat but for free. They ain't go, listen, it, they not about to let you <laughs> eat for free. It's just not, it don't hold that much weight. Now, if I was in Ezekiel Elliott, then, you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, Zeke eats yeah, for free. Yeah, right? yeah, Zeke definitely eating for free. Cardell right. Jones, they probably eat for free. They probably like, Cardell, your money's no good here. <laughs> They're around here with that. Yeah. 
Oh, man, that's great. Good story. Thanks for sharing that. It's time for Going for Three, our weekly roast of whatever catches our eye involving the Michigan Wolverines. Did you hear the news? You know who's coming back to Michigan? Who? Baby Bosa is coming back to Michigan. <laughs> first of all, first of all <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and let you just call him that. that we're not going to do that. <laughs> I feel he's you. A, he's a wannabe. I'm mocking him, though. Okay, I'm mocking him. <laughs> I, I can say it in a mock voice. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, the 6'6 defensive end. Didn't really announced, work out for him this year, huh? No, he now still returned to Michigan for another season. He was injured this season, only able to play two games. But Michigan fans are excited for him to come back. If you remember his father, former Michigan great Chris Hutchinson, compared his son to the Bosa boys before the start of the season. We had some fun with that at the time. We're like, get out of here. I mean, this is a guy in three full seasons. You know how many sacks he has? Three full seasons? How many sacks? 4.5, and he's dad saying he's a Bosa. Man, listen to me, man. We ain't never, ever going to talk about him and Joey Bosa in the same <laughs> breath again. Joey Bosa probably get four and a half sacks in a game. <laughs> he's got that many in Ann Arbor what are we, alone. What are, we, what are we doing? <laughs> I can't believe this man. So he'll be hyped. I'm sure they'll have uh, – his, uh, father, his father gives me LeVar Ball <laughs> um, vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to write so many Heisman articles in August of next year about this guy and wearing Why? number 96. Of course, he wears 90. You know, he wears 97, right? Like, that's sad. Like, it I, is sad, isn't it? I, like, you idolize an per- enemy. An uh, enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, wow. It's, it, it's different nowadays, I guess. You imagine if you went to OSU and you, you said, I'm going to wear 21 because I want to be like Charles Woodson. People would be like, what? Stop, dude. Stop. Don't do yeah, that. It, yeah. I don't think they. That wouldn't go well. I don't think people would be hearing that. Not at all. Well, hey, we had a good time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of No Cap. We're going to be back next week uh, previewing the national championship game, aren't we? Yes, we will be. Because the Bucks are going to win tonight. We appreciate you tuning in. See you next week.